I didn't feel it from back there. How y'all doing? God is good, amen? amen? If you don't know who I am, you're probably like, who is this black guy that just walked up, grabbed the mic, started talking? My name is Pastor Marcus, Marcus Corpening. I'm one of the intern pastors here at New Philadelphia Church. One of the reasons you haven't seen me is because I serve at the Itaewon campus. Itaewon. Woo woo. I'm the only one here. Come on, there's got to be some love across campuses. Snap. Hillside hating on Itaewon. What's going on? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love y'all. <laughs> wow. Man, it's so good to be at Hillside. Every time I'm here, I'm just like, man, this is home. And regardless of whether or not I'm at Hillside or Itaewon, I'm always at home. You know, just being here, just being a son of this house. It doesn't matter what campus you're at, but we are all one. We are all one in the spirit. We carry the same DNA. And so it's just an honor to be here today to share the word with you. You know, I just felt that the, that the Lord was really just impressing upon me as I was getting ready for uh, preaching today. I found out I was preaching today on, I think it was like Thursday. But as soon as I found out I was going to be preaching, I already knew what was, what was going to happen today. And I knew that today was a day that God wanted to bring a shift in each one of your lives. That today God was wanting to bring you into a new season. God is wanting to take you from where you were and he's wanting to catapult you into greater levels. You know, um, I was at Living Hope Christian Center in Emeryville with Pastor Aaron and, and Lisa, our missions director. And we were there and we were there for three and a half weeks. And uh, as we were there, um, we had a chance to serve. They had us cleaning, like, you know, cleaning the bathroom, scrubbing, doing everything, carrying heavy stuff. And, you know, like our brother Daniel, he comes and he carries this. You know, I was, I was carrying stuff like that. <laughs> Which I don't believe. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I, I could carry this with Daniel's help. <laughs> and we were, we were going around and, and we were... We were not only just serving the house in that way, but we also had a chance to go out to their Thursday prayer meetings. And uh, the coolest thing is, is that when you're a son, you contribute to the father. So many of us think that our fathers are the only ones who contribute unto us. But when you're walking in true sonship, you actually build onto the father's house. You actually have something to deposit back to your father. You actually have a breakthrough to bring in the house that cannot actually come through the father. It has to come through the son. You know, God, he sent the son to bring a breakthrough on the earth. Do you know that? And whom the son sets free is free indeed. And in the same way that Jesus walked the earth and he set free and we were free indeed, being a son of the house today, I have come to, I have come to bring a breakthrough to you. That you will be set free and free indeed. And this is a breakthrough that can only come from a son of the house. And so I want you to begin to posture your hearts to receive it. Even right now, let's bow our heads as I pray. Father, I pray for every single person in this room. Regardless of what has happened, regardless of what they bring in, Father God, I declare that their hearts are open to your word. And Father, I declare even now that as the word of God goes out, Father, that Lord, they're going to be shifted into a new season. I declare even right now, God, that all anxiety, all heaviness, all weightiness, God, is being removed right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I speak life into the hearts of every person here. I pray, Father, that you would make us attentive. You would make us awake. You would make us ready to receive your word in this place. And, Father, we just thank you for what you're about to do. 
And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, yeah, I was at Living Hope, and we were at these Thursday night prayer meetings. And, uh, and we were there, and what I was talking about was actually they got the idea to do these Thursday night praise and prayer meetings from New Philly. You know, they, they saw what was happening here in this house, how, how we meet before our Sunday services, how we meet every Friday night, how we meet every third Saturday, how we meet all these different times just to come together and contend and Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny, they said, you know what? We want that in our house. We see what the son is doing. We see what the son and daughter are doing. And we want that in our house. And so we were there and we're praying. And I'm like, this feels so familiar. I feel like this feels like Friday fire. <laughs> and, we're, and we're there and we're contending for Emeryville, which is right outside of Oakland. And we're contending for revival in that community. We're contending for God to move in powerful ways. And as we're sitting there and we're praying, I get a vision. Sometimes the Lord likes to give us visions. He said he poured out the spirit upon all flesh, right? He said that we would get visions. We would dream dreams. So I got a vision. It's like, cool. And in the vision, I'm standing before God. And God is sitting up on his throne. He's high and lifted up, right? And he's sitting up on his throne. And I see before him a platform that is pure gold. It's, it's like gold to a certain extent that almost like it was almost clear. It was, I don't know, I don't even understand, but I knew it was gold. And I was standing there before it, and then I began to walk up on the platform before God. And when I walked up, I stopped, and I looked down. And right before where I was standing were two boot prints. And I saw the, I, well, yeah, I said a boot print, so there were two prints right there. And I saw these prints, and immediately in the spirit, I knew that they were mine. And immediately when I knew that those print, those two, that set of footprints was mine, I heard the father say, son, take your place. Son, take your place. And, you know, in, in, that, in that second, I received it as like, this must be a word for living hope. So I'm like, I pray for the sons and daughters. And then God's like, hold up, hold up. You're supposed to pray with the house, not for the house. And I was like, oh, snap. He's like, that word is for you, son, take your place. And I realized that 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 word was not just for me, but it was for all of us. And the shift that the Lord wants to bring into each one of our lives is a shift where we step into greater measures of confidence. I say that again. He wants us to take our place in confidence. You know, many people, they come into this house and they come into New Philadelphia Church and they recognize that there is anointing here. There is power here that the sons and daughters in this house, we are we are fire filled. We know how to pray. We we have the Holy Spirit. We move in signs and wonders. We have all these different things and we have the giftings. We have all these different things. But the one thing that we lack is confidence. We walk, there's times where many of us feel like we don't have a place. We feel like we're constantly trying to find our place in this house. We feel like we're constantly trying to find what it is that God really has for us here. Sometimes even when the father, when Pastor Christian or Pastor Aaron asks us to do something, we do it, but we don't really have full confidence that we're able to do everything that they ask us to do. Or when there's a vision or a word that is put upon us and we we begin to step out in it, we don't step with full confidence. You guys feel me right now? You know what I'm trying to say? 
And there's many of us, and there's many of us that the Lord has put amazing things for us to accomplish. There's amazing callings, amazing giftings, amazing things that God wants you to accomplish as being a son of this house. But it won't happen without confidence. It won't happen without you believing that God has put you here for a purpose. And that because God has put you here for a purpose and because he set his spirit in you, you have the ability to do all things. And not even that, but the father actually blesses you to do all things. Many of us sometimes don't feel like the father blesses us to do all things in this house. And so we walk around not feeling confident. We walk around feeling anxious. Like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? I'm not sure. Should I do this? Should I, should I text message Pastor Christian and Pastor Aaron about, should I take a shower today? Should I do this? What I, you know. You know, I was talking with Pastor Benjamin, and me and him were riding around, and he was like, you know what, Marcus? This is after I'd received this word about taking my place. And I'm riding around with Pastor Benjamin, and <coughs> Pastor Benjamin had asked me actually to do, to do the Living Hope website. And what he asked me to do is he actually asked me to do it from this, like, design or something. I had, like, I had no idea how to work. I was, like, I was going away at it, and I was getting all frustrated. I couldn't figure out. And I just had all this fear inside of me. And then we were riding around, and he was like, you know, Marcus, every night when I went home, I was warring for you to do this website. And I was like, well, that's nice. I guess you're warring for me to make your website. But he was like, but what it was was I was warring that you would have the confidence to know that you could do everything that the Father has sent you to do. That, you know, when Pastor Christian sent you to Living Hope, he sent you as a son to bless this house. And because he sent you, he is fully confident in the deposit that he's put into your life. But you're not confident in the deposit that he's put in your life. I was like, You right. <laughs> and then as I began to just, I just began to let this word just begin to resonate in me. I realized that it wasn't just me, but most of the sons and daughters in this house. We don't have confidence in the deposit that has been put in us. And you know, there's one manifestation of sonship where the father has to command you to do everything you need to do. Son, get up, brush your teeth. Son, get up. Take a shower. Son, get up. You need to do this. Son, you get up. You need to do that. Son, get up. You need to tithe. Son, you need to get up. You need to come to church on time. Son, you need to get up. You need to do this. But once you begin to step into the place of confidence in who you are as a son, you go into a deeper manifestation of sonship where the father doesn't have to command you to do the basic things. He doesn't have to tell you to take a bath. He doesn't have to tell you to tithe. He doesn't have to tell you to come to church on time. He doesn't have to tell you to walk in holiness, to walk in purity. He doesn't have to tell you any of that. But then what you begin to do is you begin to walk with full confidence, not just in what he commands you to do, but the things that he doesn't command you to do. The things that are on his heart that you can sense. And therefore, you begin to bring in a harvest unto the house. You know, God began to speak to me about this house and about sonship. And what he said is he said the set man and woman over the house, they are responsible for the vision of the house. And they are responsible for everything that happens in the house. They are responsible for where the house goes. They need to make sure that the house is safe. It's like your father and your mother, right? They need to make sure there's food on the table. 
you know, you can't be a baby trying to figure out how you're going to feed yourself. They, gotta, they, they figure out where the, where the family's headed. They figure out where things are going, making sure everyone's safe, that everyone's getting the right teaching, everyone's getting the right things. But from that place, there's also responsibility that comes upon the sons of the house. The father and mother of the house are responsible for the entire house, but the sons are responsible for their brothers and sisters. But many of us aren't responsible for the person next to us and we're not bringing more people even into the house because we're not even confident that we're sons. We're not even confident that we're really who God has called us to be in this house. But I want to tell you that today God is calling you to shift. He's wanting you to shift from that place of anxiety. Shift from that place of fear. Shift from that place where you feel like that you can do nothing and you can step into a place where you believe you can do all things. Amen? That he's wanting you to step into a place where you don't have to even pray for justice. You walk out and you begin to be it. You don't have to have someone tell you that you need to go and pray for the sick. Because it's so ingrained in you. And you step in so much confidence that when you step on the street, people get healed. You know it's on the heart of the Father. But you don't need him to tell it because it's already in your DNA. I want to tell each one of you. You are a son and daughter of New Philadelphia. And if you're a visitor... Whatever house you're from, you're a son and daughter of that house. And what's been ingrained in you, God intends for you to take out to the streets. What's been ingrained in you, he wants you to take to every single person you see. But he wants you to have confidence that it's in you in the first place. If you don't believe that it's in you, you won't operate in it. You hearing me in this house today? God is good, amen. Amen. You know, God began to show me. I began to just really meditate on on sonship as I was at Living Hope. And and I realized that, that what God was depositing in me was for this house. And the things that he was showing me was so for this house. And he began to give me revelations as to why we're not walking in confidence. And the first thing he showed me was that Many of us were hungering for a soul of sonship, but not the spirit of sonship. We're hungering for the soul of sonship and not the spirit of sonship. Here, let me, un- let me unpack what that means. In Romans, in chapter 8, it says that God is not giving you a spirit to, of slavery to fall back into fear, but he's giving you the spirit of adoption as sons. That it's a spiritual reality that each one of us carry that we have received the spirit of adoption as sons but as the word of sonship begins to go out into the house sometimes there's a temptation not for us to receive it in our spirit but to try and grasp it with our soul and so instead of it being that yes i got the spirit of sonship we begin to try and grasp it with our mind our will and specifically our emotions you know, I didn't, I didn't meet my father until I was 13. I get the years mixed up. 11, 13, it's all a blur. But I didn't meet my father until I was, yeah, 13. And he was only around for about a year, two years, and then he vanished again. And, and then when I became a Christian, I, I met Pastor Christian. 
So six months after I become a Christian, I met, I met Pastor Christian. And he began to disciple me. He began to pour into my life. And then, you know, I just began over time to, even without the language of sonship, I began to step into a place of being his son. And him being my spiritual father. But I noticed that there were times where I would, I would put, want to put a demand on, on Pastor Christian that wasn't really from the spirit of sonship, but rather from the soul. So I was, wait, I was wanting him to satisfy, to, to bring this kind of emotional catharsis to me because I didn't have a father growing up. So I would want these demands on him, you know, pops, you know, can you, can you do this? Pops, you know, take me out to the baseball game, pops, you know, <laughs> play video games with me, you know. And like, you know, if there was time, if I wasn't spending time with him one-on-one or if I wasn't doing these things with him one-on-one, part of me would feel like, man, I'm not, I don't really feel like his son. There's many of us in this house where we put a demand on our spiritual fathers and mothers to not just carry a spiritual inheritance and gifting for us, but a soulish one. Because we want them to satisfy this area in us, you know, make me feel better about myself, make me, make me feel good. I need this. I need this soulish satisfaction. And then when they're not spending time with us or they're not talking to us personally or if we don't, we don't get a text message from them, then we feel rejected all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, we're questioning whether or not we're still sons in the house. But God said, you didn't receive the soul of sonship. You received the spirit of sonship. And your connection with them is not soulish. It's spiritual. And you know, when your connection with someone is spiritual and not soulish, you can never be offended. You can never be offended by someone that your connection with is spiritual. Because regardless of what they say to you, even if it comes from the flesh, even if it comes out of their soul, you are able to discern their spirit. I used to always try and figure out why I could never get offended by Pastor Christian. Like, sometimes he would just like, he would just hammer on me, like, because I do something stupid. And um, (laughs) he would just like, he would say something or even if something in the natural, like everyone else around me is like... Like there was this one time. No, I said. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so there's this one time, right? Okay, so we were. <laughs> Paul, so I'm just going to do it for a second, all right? You know, it's a spiritual connection, not a soulish one. And so. <laughs> actually, it's a couple months ago. It was like in February. And, uh, and Pastor JM comes up and he makes his announcement. The leaders know what I'm talking about. And he makes his announcement that him and Sky are dating. And then Pops comes up, he grabs the mic and he goes, Marcus has an announcement to make. And everyone's like, what? Marcus has an announcement? Marcus is dating someone? Marcus? Marcus? And he's like, nah, he ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Everything inside of me was like, But I couldn't get offended. Offense could never come into my heart because I, my connection with Pastor Christian is a spiritual one, not a soulish one. Therefore, it doesn't matter what he says, how he says it, how it may feel on the outside because my connection with him is spiritual. It's a our hearts burning kind of experience. Therefore, I'm never going to go into the flesh when I relate with him. It's always just going to turn me to the spirit. But when we get offended, you know what we do? 
When we get offended and we're in this place in our soul and in our flesh, we begin to cede our place in the house. You know what, Pastor Christian, Pastor Ann, you know what? They didn't, they didn't do this the way that I thought they should do. My pastor, you know, I wish they did things like this. You know, I wish they were more like this. I wish they were more gentle. I wish they were more loving. I wish they were more like this. I wish they preached this way like this person. And all those things are things from the flesh, not from the spirit. And we begin to get offended in our hearts. And then before long, what we, what we, begin, what we begin to feel like is, you know what, I should, you know what, I, I'll just stand on the outside. I'll just stand, you know, I'll just disconnect myself. It becomes harder for you to pray in the prayer meetings. It becomes harder for you to connect with them in the spirit. And your position of your heart is that my spiritual mother and father have to touch my soul before I give them access to my spirit. And it causes you to to cede your place in the house. But when you know that your connection with them is spiritual and not in your soul, not in your flesh, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how what you may think. It doesn't even matter what you do. You know that you are a son in the spirit. And you have full confidence that everything you will do, it will be as a son. And that your place as a son in this house will never be seated, can never be taken away because you are always connected with them as a son in the spirit. You got to learn how to shift into that place. You never lose your place when your connections in the spirit. There is never any falling behind in the spirit. There's never any falling behind when you begin to connect with someone in a spiritual way rather than a soulish way. You know, another way that we, that we begin to cede our place, something that causes us not to walk in confidence, is the fact that we have the wrong understanding of discipline. We have the wrong understanding of a rebuke. You know, our understanding of a rebuke, I I was really meditating upon this, and I just got so convicted because I was like, you know what, Lord? My understanding of discipline is so childish. You know, like how when a five-year-old, like, does something they're not supposed to do. Well, actually, I was going to say, I don't know, maybe it's just black people, but I realize Koreans, Koreans kind of beat their kids too sometimes. And so, (laughs) (laughs) me and Andy be sharing stories. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, we, we have this understanding of discipline that is so childish at times because we feel like, you know what, it's like a five-year-old, you know, you did something wrong, then you get spanked and then you cry for a bit and then you fall asleep <laughs> and then you wake back up and it never happened. You know, there was this one time, there was this one time, I remember it's like the worst Whooping, we call it whoopings in the South. Black people in general call it whoopings. Right, I don't know, you got like the men men stick, is that what? Is that men men? Men men. Get the men men stick. You know? as, as soon as I heard Pops, as soon as I heard Pastor Christian talk about men men stick, I was like, it's a connection in the spirit. Because, you know, there was this one time I was five years old and I was with my great, I was with my great uncle and my great uncle, he wouldn't give me something that I wanted. 
And I had just been around some of my, cur- my cousins, and they taught me how to say, like, bad words. But I was, like, too, I was, like, too scared to actually say the words, so I just said the initials. And I just turned to him, and I was like, you, yeah, I ain't going to say the words. Rest. And he just looked at me, and, said, <gasps> and he turned, and he went, into the, he went into the room. He went into the house because we were out on the porch, and we were at a cookout. That's, like, the wrong time. The wrong time to do anything wrong is at a family function. In, in the black community, because everybody whoops you. <laughs> I looked at him, I was like, you, uh-uh. And he was like, what, what, what did you say? And he was like, and he's like the most gentle guy, but I saw this look in his eye, and I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and so I just sat there, and I was just hoping that nothing happened. And I just hear him turn around, and he storms into my grandmother's place, and he's going, you know what Marcus just called me? And then everyone's like, what, what, what? I hear, I hear like my, my grandmother. I hear both my uncles, my great uncle, even like some of my cousins that's like my age that wanted to get like licks in there. Like, oh, no, he didn't. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and, uh, and then as I knew, I heard my mom and she's like, Marcus, get in here. She used more colorful language. But she said, get in here. Get your black butt in here. And I was like, <laughs> so I come in. And it was like an assembly line. They were like standing there waiting. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I walked in and the first one that grabbed me, you know, little kids, we are so like, we, you know, like they get the hand, like they just grab one of the arms and you start running, but you're running in circles and they're still hitting you, but you're all confused. Cause you're thinking, why am I still getting hit? I'm running as hard as I can. And they just passed me along to each one, one after another until they got to my uncle. And my uncle Richard, like he's a former bodybuilder. Like when he was in, like, let me put this into perspective. When he was in high school, he weighed 130 pounds and he could bench press 300 pounds. And then when, but when I saw him, he was weighing 200 pounds and was bench pressing 500 pounds and was squatting 700 pounds. A squat is one of these. If you don't know, I know some of y'all are like, what's a squat? It's, well, you know, a kimchi squat. But anyways, and he came and when he came in, he came in, he had like a jerry curl and everything, and he came in, and he, he had his bodybuilding belt on. And he took the bodybuilding belt off. I, I cried for a while. And then, I, and then I fell asleep, and then, you know, when I woke up, I was all healed, and then I felt better. And many of us, actually, that's how, when it gets back to my point, that's our understanding of discipline in the house. A spanking. Kind of childish. We do something wrong, and it's like the little kid when you wake up, you know, you, you don't even remember what you did wrong, but you remember that you don't want a spanking ever again. So the way that you operate is to never try and get a spanking. And many of us in the house, the way we're operating is to never get a spanking, to never get a rebuke. But I want to show you something. Turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 15. You know, we get a spanking, we get a rebuke, and then we feel bad about ourselves for a while. Man, I can't believe I did that. Man, that was so stupid. And then what we do is we turn around and we fall asleep, forget we ever did anything wrong. And then the way we operate from then on out is that we're afraid to ever get rebuked again. And so we don't, we don't walk in confidence. But it says in Proverbs... <coughs> 
chapter 15, verse 31. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. I want to key in on that one part right there where it says life-giving reproof. In other translations, it says a life-giving rebuke. You know, a rebuke is always meant to bring life. But many of us, we fear rebukes because we think they bring death. It's going to cause a death, but it's not a death to your spirit. It's a death to your flesh. You know, when you're in the spirit, you can never be rebuked. Because you won't do anything wrong in the spirit. When you're living by the Spirit, you're walking according to the Spirit's leading, you can't get rebuked because there's no failure there. There's no way for you to take a misstep. There's no way for you not to do everything that God has purposed you to do when you're living in the Spirit. But when you get a rebuke, that is evidence that you've been walking in the flesh in that area. And what a rebuke is meant to do is it's meant to take you from where you've been walking in the flesh and it's meant to shift you to where you're walking in the spirit. It's meant to shift you from where in that maybe in that one area you've been thinking, you've been living, you've been acting according to your soul, according to your own mind, will and emotions. And they've been under submission to the flesh, been under submission to your own power and your own ways. And it's meant to show you where the spirit is. It's meant to turn you around to a place where you walk in confidence in the spirit. I want you to flip a couple pages over. I want you to flip over to Proverbs 13. I'm going to read from verse 24. It says, whoever spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. It says in Hebrews that when God disciplines us, he disciplines us as sons, not that we would be illegitimate children. Really what a rebuke is meant to do is it's supposed to shift you from where you've been walking in the flesh and in your soul. And it's to bring you into the spirit of sonship. It's to bring you into a place where you understand that what's coming from that is life. You know, Jesus said that there's only one thing that brings life. And it's the spirit. He says the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. And what needs to happen in your mind and in your heart, even right now, you need to begin to catch the fact that a rebuke is not something that you should fear. I'm not saying you should walk around doing things in the flesh so you can get a rebuke. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that you should always walk in full confidence, knowing that even if you do get rebuked, even if you do get disciplined, it's meant to take you higher. It's never meant to set you back, but it's it's meant to propel you forward. You hearing me, church, today? You got to begin to shift your heart around. I almost did the motion. I know Pastor Aaron was talking about it last week. When you talk about shift, you got to go, hmm. You got to begin to shift and do the motion. You need to begin to shift your heart around what I'm saying right now. Because when you begin to understand that that is why, that is how the Lord uses discipline. And that is how the spiritual mother and father in your life, that's how you're supposed to receive discipline. You'll walk differently. You know, every time I was looking at every time where Jesus rebukes Peter, we love to talk about how when Jesus rebukes Peter, right? You know, Peter, Peter did some stupid stuff, man. He's always getting rebuked by Jesus, man. I don't know why I did that voice. (laughs) Man, 
But we love to talk about how Jesus rebukes Peter, and Peter's always getting rebuked here and there, here and there, every time. And a lot of times, the gist of our messages is like, don't be like Peter. (laughs) Amen. But every time where Jesus would rebuke Peter, he would rebuke Peter not for what Peter did, but because Peter was in the flesh when he did it. Even when Peter came before him, he was like, no, no, God, you're not supposed, no, Jesus, you're not supposed to go to the cross. You're not supposed to take these things on. You're not supposed to. He said, get behind me, Satan. We're like, "Mm," he called him Satan. (laughs) You know, the reason why he said that was because he was operating in the flesh. And the one who has dominion over the flesh is who? Satan. When you're walking according to the flesh, you're walking according to his dominion. But he said, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because you have on your mind not the things of God. Not the things of the spirit, but the things of man. So, Peter, you need to begin to shift your play, yourself right back into the spirit. When we have that understanding. That that's what the father's trying to do when we receive a rebuke. We're not going to receive it like little kids. <laughs> Fall asleep <laughs> and wake back up and then do it again. But you're going to receive it. And it's going to be nourishment to you. It's going to build you up in the spirit. It's going to bring life because the spirit gives life. And if you understand that that's the way a rebuke is supposed to do, leaders, that's the way you will rebuke your sons and daughters. Many of us understand a rebuke to be in the flesh, and therefore we rebuke our sons and daughters in the flesh. And instead of building them up in the spirit, we beat them down. See, it's perpetual. I notice a lot of times in this nation that that's the way we rebuke in the flesh with shame, condemnation and guilt. And so everyone's walking around anxious. Everyone's walking around with a lack of confidence, not knowing what their place is. So they'll try to be like the person next to them. And there's no life there. And we're seeing so many young people killing themselves. Because. They're getting disciplined in the flesh and not in the spirit. Receive this word today, church. We got to understand that when we rebuke and when we take discipline and when we give it, it's to bring life. And the last thing that keeps us from taking our place, stepping in confidence, is comparison. You know, you cannot take your place if you are aspiring for someone else's. You cannot take your place. You cannot be who God's called you to be in this house if you are trying to be someone else. You know, another one of those moments where Jesus rebukes Peter was when Peter had just been brought back to the Lord. He had just been restored in many ways and then he sees john and and jesus speaks to john and then peter begins to compare himself to john and he's like you know why didn't you give him the same calling you gave me why didn't you do the same things in him that you do with me and he says what is it to you that i may do this with him and this with you you follow me What he was saying to Peter, he said, Peter, you need to begin to shift from the flesh. You know, when you're in the flesh, there is always a feeling of lack. When you're operating in the flesh, you always feel powerless. 
You always feel like I have nothing. Because what happens is you, in your soul, you have this, this desire to be satisfied and to be filled. And what you begin to do is you begin to operate in the flesh. You begin to try and make things happen in your own, in your own power, in your own way. But Jesus was right. The flesh counts for nothing. So when you begin to realize that you're powerless in that area, there comes this desperation. There comes this anxiety. There comes these feelings of rejection and lack. But what you have to learn how to do in that moment is to begin to exchange your powerlessness for God's power. You know, when you be, we begin to compare ourselves to other people when we feel like we're powerless. When we feel like, you know, that brother sitting next to me has, that, has so much more anointing than I do. That person sitting across from me is so much better than me. And it's not that that person is better than you, but you feel less about yourself. And in that moment, what happens is that's how jealousy, that's how envy, that's how those things get in. And instead of us building one another up and celebrating us, one another, that's how we end up tearing each other down. But what God wants you to, to do right now is he wants you to begin to shift into a place where you understand that you lack nothing. You know, two different people came to me over this past week and they were telling me about a mess. They were telling me about a message that I preached a year ago around this time where I was preaching about how Peter and another one of the apostles, they were preaching and and the Jewish leaders of the day looked at them with astonishment because they were unlearned men, but they preached with boldness. And I realized that God was just highlighting to me once again that the message that, still, that we still need to grasp is that we lack nothing in the spirit. That's why Paul could say in Philippians 4 that he is content in every circumstance. He's content when he's impoverished. He's content when he has everything. He's content when he's beat down. He's content when he's built up. He's content no matter what circumstance comes against him because he realizes that his satisfaction is not in the flesh. His satisfaction is not in the things of this world, but he is completely satisfied and fulfilled in the spirit. He is completely satisfied in what has been given to him through Jesus Christ. And when we understand that there, that we have everything, that there is no lack. I speak it over, over you right now that there is no lack. You lack nothing. We grasp that in our spirit and we begin to walk in it. There is no comparison. Each one of us takes our place. Each one of us adds on to the house. Each one of us builds the next person up. And not only that, but we bring in more and more sons and daughters. Because we know who we are. And we know we can do all things. I want everyone to stand to your feet right now. And what I want everyone to do right now is I want you to begin to lift up your hands. Everyone. And I want us to begin 
to take this place. It says the word of God that he spoke to me was that we need to take our place. Not that we need to find our place. Not that we need to be given our place. But we need to take it. It is by your faith that it is given to you. And what needs to happen in the house and what we need to begin to do right now is begin to take our place. So I want every person in this room right now, I want you to begin to cast off all the lies that the enemy has been speaking. The lies that say that you're unworthy. The lies that say you're an outcast. Lies that say that you have nothing to contribute. Begin to cast those things off right now. Everyone, begin to lift up your voices. Begin to lift up your voices in this place.